not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to another view from the Ninian. It's been about three games since we last recorded, so much so that I forgot that we played some of those games when compiling the agenda for the podcast. So much has happened in that time. I've moved house, Ben Price's hair has grown a little bit more, and Tom Phillips has made himself a hot minto. Um, You know they're joining me. Here they are. It's the usual suspects. Ben, how are you? I'm very well, my friend. How are you? All good. Thank you, mate. And Tom, how's the hot minto? Oh, it's lovely. Big boy drinks are up in force tonight. It's a Tuesday night. Um, we've just smashed Derby 4-0. Um, but we're not going to start with Derby. We're going to start with Bournemouth because that was the last time we recorded a podcast was pre-Bournemouth. Um, ben, do you remember the Bournemouth game? Um, no. <laughs> it's been a while, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it was just another good performance, wasn't it? It was just the standard thing you come to expect from Cardiff. You could see just the players are a bit tired, but Got the job done. Uh, Tom, is is that a funny thing to say now that it's a standard Cardiff City performance to be solid and expect us to win? Because that hasn't seemed to happen for a while under Harris, but under McCarthy, it seems to be the done thing. It's amazing how much has turned around in two months, isn't it? Like, I just don't get those nerves now because we start games well, we take the lead, and I just don't see us losing from that position. It's just a completely different experience watching Cardiff now. And it, it's just, it's a joy, joy to watch it. Like the football isn't exactly scintillating, but it's just, it's just dogged. There's, we're, we're hard to beat. We put ourselves about. It's what Cardiff fans ask for, really, isn't it? A, a bit of like, a bit of effort, a bit of running around, a bit of bullying. And that's what it we were lacking before. It comes back to what Volk said, right? Like we, we're ugly, we're hard to play against and, and we get the job done. And that's what teams don't like playing against. And it, we've just taken it back to basics in that regard. But Ben... Obviously, the Bournemouth game, um, Harry Wilson was at the at the forefront with the assist for the first goal, um, 10 assists for the season. We talk about us being dogged and hard to beat, but is, is it important having someone like Harry Wilson, someone who can make a difference in the team as well? Yeah, I think any time you sort of play like Cardiff do, if you're going to battle and be a bit scrappy without someone, like we saw last year with Harris and Tomlin, you need that someone, a bit of mercurial talent that can create something out of nothing to make sure in games where it's not as sort of chances aren't as open as they were, say Derby tonight, you need someone that's going to create something and nothing sort of put something on a plate for someone like Morrison or someone like Kiefer to sort of get, get the points in the bag. Cause otherwise you'd be getting a lot of nil nils. We would be getting a lot of nil nils. Um, Tom Bournemouth couldn't handle the press. Um, I think there were times where Perry NG was basically on the, the edge of the opposing team's box trying to chase down the ball. Um, under Harris, we didn't seem to harry players for the ball. Is it refreshing to see that under McCarthy that we're just not letting players let up with the ball? Yeah, it's clever as well. It's not it's not relentless pressure. It's at sensible times and it's as a unit yeah. as well. It's not just like Kiefer Moore running around on his own trying to put mm. pressure on. It's just they go in banks of three and they'll let them have the ball, play across the back and then push up. And you just find yourself like kind of shouting at the screen like, go on, because... You, yeah. you feel like a chance is coming from it. Like Bournemouth had been rattled in a few games prior to that, and we'd done our homework. We pressed them, we harried their back, uh, back, back. What do they play? Back four or back four five? or five is back three, was not it? Yeah, I could have gambled, and no one would have questioned. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, I can't remember. I don't remember <laughs> the game. Yeah, exactly. But no, we harried them, and it, it just it really worked in our favour. Um, 
it's just so good to watch. It's just quite exciting, but in a completely different way. Ben, how important was that Bournemouth game for the playoff chances? Obviously, we'd, we, you know, we were in a good run of form anyway, but beating a team around us, it felt like that was the next thing to prove ourselves, wasn't it? And, and we beat Bournemouth and we beat them relatively well. How, how important was that in terms of laying down a marker? I think that's massive. It's like very cliche to say you, you've got to beat the teams in and around you to get in the playoffs, but it's something we haven't really done this season. When it came against a good size, we tend to struggle. So um, to go away to Bournemouth as well, whose home record's pretty good. I know they've been a bit of dip of form, but their home record's pretty solid. And sort of win comfortably is a huge thing that sort of shows like this was this isn't a new manager bounce. Like some people think thought it could have been under McCarthy. Where it's not just us beating poorer teams comfortably. We put a good side, a side that we're sort of favourites for promotion at the start of the season. And we put them to the sword and won very comfortably in the end, despite it being when, 2-1. That's an interesting point. When, Tom, does it not become a new manager bounce? You know, a new manager bounce, how long does that last for? Is it four or five games? Or is it, are we, this is just us now. We're what, 10, 11 games unbeaten? Yeah, it's four Ten. or five games, isn't it? It's four, yeah, four, yeah, four or five games Like, is the bounce, isn't it, really? Anything after that, then, is the system settling in. I think we benefited in those first couple of games. Like Barnsley, we came back from behind. And that was that was important, you know. It built a bit of momentum. It built a bit of belief because they were games we we would have lost um, a few months ago. But you know, McCarthy tried something second half and it worked. And then we've built on it from there. And yeah, it, yeah, it'd be some bounce if it was ten games. But no, it's clearly just players were settling into a system, isn't it? Almost a quarter of the season. Um, from Bournemouth, we we then went to Middlesbrough. Um, I've got worst game of the season. Are we so not going to? Sorry, we're we not on. going to talk about Marston shagging the floor. Oh, that's a very no, good point. He did it again uh, against Middlesbrough. So, ah, oh, spoiled it. <laughs> we can talk about him shagging the floor twice. <laughs> ben, Jesus, am, am I in charge here, or <laughs> you, you guys want to take part? You guys want to run it? All right, I mute myself. Shall I? Um, I you've ruined it, Ben. Sorry, it was shit. It was an awful game of football. Was the highlight yeah. Morrison shagging the floor? It was. It was. There we go. Mar- <laughs> Morrison pumping the floor was the highlight of a pretty, pretty dire game. We looked knackered after 15 minutes. And to be honest, Borough didn't look like they were creating much apart from McNair scoring about three which, minutes after I said he was a fanny on Twitter. <laughs> which was a, a pathetic goal because, I mean, it took about three deflections before it landed in his path. Um, I was going to talk about the celebrations because obviously we've seen Morrison shagging the floor, but we've also seen a trend of players slapping each other in the face, Tom. Um, I don't know if you noticed during, I think it was the Middlesbrough game where Aidan Flint, before he congratulated Morrison, he slapped Will Volks in the face. I don't know if that was a Middlesbrough game or if it was another game, but it seems to be like Morrison shagging the floor uh, because he loves the floor, but also the players just seem to be a bit, they seem to have a bit more team spirit than they did under Harris, right? And I think, is that the McCarthy effect or is that just the buoyancy of 10, 10 wins, 10, 10 unbeaten games, sorry, rather than 10 wins. Well, it's yeah, a combination of both. You're always happier when you win in that amount of games, aren't you? But they're in, you can see they're enjoying it a bit more. The pressure seems to be off. And I think mm-hmm. that comes from a manager who isn't as nervy himself. Like, Harris felt under pressure permanently from our fan base. He looks scared, didn't he? Yeah, and I do mean, that's going to that's gonna go across to the players then. McCarthy just looks like, look, I've got a short-term contract here. I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here and whatever comes of it, comes of it. And, the players are, you know, are buzzing off that. And to be fair, with this slapping in the face thing, I hope it progressively gets harder and harder every go. I want to see how far they can push it. I didn't see it tonight. I don't know if any players got slapped in the face tonight. Um, 
with the celebrations. But we'll, we'll come to the derby. Morning. We'll come to the derby game eventually. Um, I mean, I wrote this before the derby game tonight, and it's kind of. I don't know if it still counts, Ben, but at the Middlesbrough game, we managed 105 passes all game with players like Wilson and Pack in our squad. Does it worry you that we don't do enough with the ball? I mean, we could talk about the derby game. I mean, the Middlesbrough game was the worst game of the season. Do you think it was just tiredness because we weren't passing the ball around or do you think it's just the system? I don't really know where I was going with that question. So it's up to you to glean something from it. I'm just thinking now, um, as terms of quality, I still don't even think it was the worst game of the season. I think it's the worst game under McCarthy. Yeah, potentially. But I don't think it's right. the worst game of the season. We've had some fucking stinkers. Mm. I forget Wickham, Wickham <laughs> away was really bad. Wickham away, yeah. Was Coventry, Coventry, Coventry as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's been some fucking dross. But as far as sort of just, I think what made the Middlesbrough game worse was it wasn't like Middlesbrough were great or anything. It was just it was two sides not doing a lot. It was just a really really boring game to watch. They kind of um, cancelled each other out, right? It was two teams who don't pass the ball around a lot. Two teams who, in in the midst of a big run, I mean, it, it felt like a game too far for Cardiff, right? It was just a bit too much energy that we'd expended up until that point. It just felt two teams going through the motions. I think it was, yeah. I think I think Burrow were quite poor, to be honest. And we were just knackered. There was just nothing left in the tank with a lot of players, and you could see the changes tonight showed that. Um, but yeah, as far as doing stuff with the ball, we proved tonight that like, you don't have to do, you don't have to have the ball for 80% of the game to win a game comfortably. Um, sometimes it's just two teams cancel each other out and you get the odd horrific game like that. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it. It's like the football, like, like we're Tom here said, for, football. Ben. Read, read too much into it. Give me your deductions. <laughs> Hyperbole, come on. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we need clickbait, don't we? Yeah, it was the worst performance of the season. Thank you, Pat. Angry, ang- angry YouTube uh, thumbnail. I think, like... I think the thing with the Middlesbrough game was it was just the inevitability that it was going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you put McCarthy against Warnock, everyone was saying it's going to be two sides with 20% possession, which I know is not possible. But, you know, it's just, it was just well, always, it, it, it felt like that. It felt like no one had the ball. No one yeah. was doing anything from it. The, the two goals came from mistakes from either side that just kind of cancelled each other out. Well, the comment um, the commentator from Being Sports, which I was watching legally, um, basically said he wanted to he wanted to know for how long the ball had either been in play or not in the air during the game because yeah. obviously there was a lot of throw-ins, a lot of balls just booted up the pitch to see what happened. Um, yeah, you're right. It was just it was two teams who don't not they don't value possession. They just play direct football, so the ball was never going to be in play for that long. Yeah, exactly. And but the best thing about it was we got a point from it away at Middlesbrough, and I think. Mm. We were talking about this possibly being the worst game of the season. That's a good result, and I think we yeah. were all taking that before the game. That was a game where Bournemouth was a game we felt we needed a win in terms of our playoff credentials because they were a little bit above us. Borough was a game we needed to avoid losing, and that's what we did at the end of the day. So, you know, I'll take it. But what you're saying about Pack, you know, having a player like that, if we don't don't have a lot of the ball, I think he's been the most impressive player, arguably under McCarthy, because. He's not seeing anywhere near the amount of ball he was under Harris. Mm-hmm. But when he does have the ball, bar I think a mistake against Bournemouth for their goal, um, you know, he's been producing quality with it. And he's he's had a real resurgence in the last month or so. He he was arguably one of our better players earlier in the season, but he's standing out now. Of, he's adapted to this style that McCarthy's put across, and he's really, really shining at the moment. McCarthyism. He's another just 
he's another just knows his role, isn't he? He understands what what McCarthy wants out of him. I think every player has been sat down and been told the basics of what he what McCarthy wants from him. Whereas I think, yeah, perhaps at times Harris tried to be a bit too complicated with it and wasn't direct enough for saying, look, this is the bare minimum of what I want for you. Do this and we'll succeed. I think it's sometimes you managed to Harris- go a bit too. I think Harris is playing square pegs in a round hole. Like if you look at what he was trying to get Will Volks to do, Will Volks is a very simple footballer. Like he he runs around, he breaks at play and he gives the ball to someone else to do anything. I think under Harris, we were expecting so much from Will Volks. And it's it's similar. The players who who were struggling under Harris were what? They were they were Volks and Pack. And we also saw Aidan Flint completely ostracized because we were trying to fit him into a system that didn't work for him. But now we're playing these players in the right system, in the right position, and we're almost like with Flint is, is a prime example. We're playing three defenders who all balance each other out. We've got Nelson, who's got a bit of pace. We've got Morrison, who's a very good footballer. And we've got Flint, who is just a blocker and a defender. But together, they all work together perfectly. And I think that's the difference, isn't it, between Harris and McCarthy? Yeah, because Flint now is just being left to smother strikers. And that's what he can do. He yeah. puts himself about. He wins everything in the air. He doesn't need to worry about a striker running behind him because he's got another two blokes who can do that job for him. Volks as well. When he was playing under Harris, when he was playing well, Cardiff were playing well because he was he, he was making a tick in midfield. But now that reliance on him has kind of gone. And, you know, the, the defenders are trusting him with the ball because they know if you give it to him, you'd find someone else to give it to. Mm-hmm. And then he'll produce a thunder bastard from nowhere. You know, you, you know he, his repertoire of goals now is insane as well. Well, he scored this easy. He scored from 65 yards and now he scored from about 40 yards tonight against Derby. It was class, man. But like... He, but it was funny after the game though they, they interviewed him on the pitch side about it and he pretty much just said I saw Parry with the ball and when it came to me I knew I was going to hit it because I was knackered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just love his honesty he, like, he, lo- he loves just playing football he's not trying to fool anyone he's going to no. run around he stuck a, on one of the throw-ins he stuck his shoulder into one of the opposition players as he's running past and things he's just been let to be, be Will Vox he's there to be a cretin and just to wind people <laughs> up. I love it. Cretin. Right, let's let's talk about Derby. Um, obviously, we, we, we've we just come off the back of the Derby game, um, which was, I don't know if it was a surprise 4-0 win, um, not for some of us, Tom, um, but I think, um, I thought we'd win, but I didn't expect us to win 4-0. Um, ben, how surprising was you to see uh, Leandro Bakuna get a brace? Um, brace of goals tonight. Obviously, we've been playing at right back earlier in the season. Now he's further up the pitch. He's finally getting on the score sheet. Is is that just shows that what Harris was doing was wrong, playing him at right back? Is that what we were missing this season? I think it just shows square peg and round holes again with Bakuna. Clearly, he's an attacking midfield. Not he's not your sort of traditional number ten. But when we were looking at players to play that more advanced midfield role early in the season, when roles were sort of fitting into it. We're now seeing that Bakuna was that man that should have been playing in that role. Um, he looked like he loved it tonight, didn't he? Just the yeah. smile on his face. Even went for the hat trick with one of the most audacious shots. I think. Well, I, I say the most audacious. Wasn't that shot, far off? Then, then Volks pulled that bad boy out as well in the last minute. Um, yeah, it was just. He's a good player. He's got a lot of slack, a lot, of, a lot of grief from a lot of City fans over the years, myself included. There's been times where he's massively underperformed. But if you can get sort of half of what he did tonight out of him on a regular basis, McCarthy's worked wonders and he's gonna be worth worth being in the squad. It looks like he's another another I was gonna say victim, but that's the wrong word, beneficiary of TC's man on man coaching. Because at the end of the game he gave him a bigger brace, took him off the pitch, and it was kind of like 
there's probably something they've been working on in training there. But Tom, away from Bakuna, we looked dangerous every time we went forward tonight. I think at halftime, we'd had seven chances, five shots on target. Um, I was watching the game uh, with a Derby fan on, on kind of WhatsApp, and he was talking about how we just looked like we were going to score every time we went forward. It's it's important, isn't it, that we do look that dangerous? And, and having a striker like Moore on 16 now for the season, it, it, it just shows the difference between having attacking intent, doesn't it? Yeah, because you, you look at that team on paper going into the game and you could argue it looked defensive, mm. but it wasn't. It was, coming back to Bakuna, he was put there because of his, his intensity. You know, we, we, we looked knackered um, going into this game, but having him running around and Harry in there freed up the other midfielders a little bit. And Derby played into our hands, man. They, they, I think we knew they were going to do that as well because they did it last time against us. They, they played the ball around the back quite a bit and they massively played into our hands because they were poor. But yeah, we, we just look the constant threat. Like Moore's a threat up the field, but also is so important for us defensively as well, just with clearances. And we, we've just upped that intensity across the pitch now. And we're, we're not afraid, we're not trying to play, like we're not trying to get 60% possession now because we know that's not our game anymore. But I no, don't I think, think we that's 28% us, tonight. Yeah, and I don't think that's us being boring because we sit back, we press at the right times and we look exciting on the break. I thought that was a really good game of football to watch today. I really, really enjoyed that game from start yeah. to finish. I, you talk about the passes. Um, I, I took a screenshot of FOTMOB. Remember, FOTMOB, you can still sponsor us. That, that opportunity is still there if you guys are listening. Um, there was a, a moment, and I, I, it was about half halftime. Uh, there were, we had made 94 accurate passes compared to Derby's 254 accurate passes. Of their accurate passes, 204 had been in their own half. 50 had been in our half. Of our accurate passes, 46 had been in our own half and 48 had been in the opposition half. It's, it's it's one of those things, isn't it, Ben? Like People will look at us and go, they're not making a lot of passes, but we're making those passes in the right areas, aren't we? We're getting, into, we're, we're getting the ball forward quickly and making them count in the opposing half. And that's what football should be about, right? It's, it's about that attacking intent and about that intensity. Yeah. Look, if, if we had a manager that did what Derby did tonight... I think half of Cardiff would have aneurysms. Um, our fans aren't patient enough for it at the best times, but fuck me, they were horrific. I genuinely think mm. they're the worst side we've played all season. Yeah, I agree. They were honestly just dreadful. Their keeper looked shot of confidence. The centre-backs didn't know, look like they knew what they were doing, and yet they had most of the ball. Yeah. Um, it's not a system I want to see Cardiff ever play, if that's like what some people think Cardiff should be doing. Will Vox is right. We're a horrible team. Let's do what, let's do what we do well because Derby weren't doing what they do well. Um, yeah, you can pass. Like, it's, it was proof. It's just like we said all along. It's what you do with the ball is important. And getting it forward into those spaces and getting the press right. You look at someone like Bakuna. Uh, Ashley on commentary sort of said, was spoke about it and sort of said the reason they were looking to drop uh, Wilson and Murphy for Ojo and Bakuna was it sort of breathes more life into more. So it takes the stress off him. Instead of changing mm -hmm. all three, you change the two and you can rotate a bit better, which made a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, those three pressed well and sort of didn't give that centre-back, those centre-backs a sniff really, did they? They sort of hounded them and they looked scared to have the ball, even though the ball kept on coming to them. Derby, just... Derby didn't get the ball down in midfield until 15 minutes into the game. No. Like we just, without creating a huge, huge amount, we completely just dominated them for the first 15 minutes of that game. We won 4-0, but we had a penalty, stonewall penalty turned down, turned down and, yeah. and missed other chances. 
with 27% possession. I'm looking uh, if you look at the stats. So there were, we had 14 shots, they had seven shots. We had 11 shots on target. They had one, they had one shot on target in the whole game despite having all the ball. And it just goes to show, right? Like, I think, you know, as, as, I think under Harris, Harris was guilty probably of trying to play the ball around too much. You know, he always talked about the stats and always talked about the possession. And we talked about it on the podcast. We always looked at the stats and saying that we, we dominated the ball, but we never did anything with it. And that's what Derby did tonight, right? They came, had all the ball, but did nothing with it. We had, you know, a third of the ball that they did, but we, we managed to beat them 4-0, which goes to show that simple, you know, when you play football that way, it's a simple game, isn't it? It yeah, should be. Um, yeah. I hopped. I hopped to Asda at half time to grab some stuff. What'd you get? And stuck on Busey. Uh I got an M M&M and M chocolate bar. You know the crispy M M&M and M chocolate bar. Nice, good choice. Rate that. Rate that highly. I had to get some stuff for Fief. She's got a work buffet tomorrow. Can't remember what I got there. Sausage rolls. I uh, know they're, they're dietitians, aren't they? They're all fucking healthy. Uh, Fee's not. She wants. She she wanted to get sausage rolls and stuff. I think she got ham and some crisps. Hummus. I think she got hummus. Yeah. But yeah, um, we were there and then stuck on BBC Radio Wales, turned it on just to hear Jason Perry say he thought Derby dominated the first 15 minutes and were the better side. Oh, what? Turned it, well, I, t- I turned it off. I mean, if, if, me... if that's... <laughs> well, I mean, listen to View from Ninian, not BBC that, Radio Wales. That's gen- genuine. So I'm not bullshitting. He said that and I couldn't fucking believe what I heard. I thought Derby would die I mean, it just goes to show, really, because I think Derby under under Rooney had been on a bit of a resurgence, but uh, they probably could have played for another 90 minutes tonight. They probably wouldn't have scored, would they, Tom? We could have left the pitch and they still wouldn't have scored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're missing key players and stuff at the moment as well. They're they're a squad that's paper thin. They're a young, young team as well. And that's where we come into our own then. Because we become a bunch of bastards again, we can push teams like that around. And I think that's why I was pretty confident going into this game that we're going to get a result. Because, I don't know, it just kind of pointed to us kind of dominating them physically today and battering them, and that's what happened. What was your favourite goal tonight, Ben? I love Volks' Thunder Bastard because I was not expecting it. Just out of nowhere, just twatted the ball because he was knackered. I love it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, it moved so viciously in the air as well. I kind of thought it was quite central in the goal, but if you if you, when they showed the, the, the behind the behind the goal view it kind of swerved left to right quite I thought the keeper, keeper should have done better to, yeah I thought he should have done better to start with and then I saw the swerve and I went alright he's got no chance of getting that also if he's doing that when he's knackered like absolutely twatting it when he's knackered do it do it after 30 minutes Will when you're in the prime of things <laughs> go over the bar then yeah probably would too much power too much yeah. power um, how nice is it Tom to see Johnny Williams thought Bakuna's second game goal time? was unreal yeah, it was a lovely thing. I tell you what, the, the thing about um, Bakuna's second goal that I think will we'll probably go slightly under under noticed was um, Ojo's pass. The way he looked up and just saw that he was on the edge of the box and just cushioned it lovely into Bakuna's pass. And then obviously the finish from Bakuna was with his left foot was was beautiful into the bottom corner. But I mean, Ojo, again, we, we talk about Harry Wilson, but Ojo's probably got, he's probably on about seven or eight assists for the season now. Um, I can't remember the numbers, but I think a few people were, weren't expecting great things from him. Tom, but would you keep Ojo? Now we talk about maybe keeping Wilson, we talk about keeping Ojo. Would you would you be serious about keeping Ojo at the end of the season? Oh yeah, definitely. He's been integral integral to a lot of what we've done well this season. And he's still not getting 
the, the plaudits he probably deserves because we've got the likes of Wilson and Moore, who's on absolute fire. But he's been dependable. He doesn't really have a bad game. Um, no. anyway, I think he when he first came in, he was average, but not bad at all. But then he found his feet and he's been brilliant since. And it's just it's just nice having options now in, in that attack in third, isn't it? Like we took we got Wilson and Murphy on the bench today, even the likes of Rawls and stuff as well. Tom Lynn, who's still far from fitness, looking at the pictures from the under 23s game. But you know, we've got <laughs> options up there now. Like we've got a game coming Friday and we can put another three or four different players back in. But Ojo's been, yeah, he's been fantastic in some games this year. He Ojo missed a couple is of chances as well, didn't he? He did miss a couple of chances. He was through on goal a couple of times. Um, well, the penalty, for example, yeah. he was the yeah. one who was through on goal, which should have been. He's 32 appearances, five goals, seven assists. So that's 12 direct goal contributions, I believe, is the current phrase that they're using for that. So 12 direct goal contributions in 32 games. Um, he's doing well for himself. Um, obviously, we can't all be positive. Um, there was a, a, what looked like a horrific injury to Joe Bennett, um, Ben. Um, his contract's meant to be up at the end of the season. I, I don't. I haven't seen anything from Mick McCarthy about Joe Bennett yet, um, but obviously prayers go out to him, right? Yeah, it's a shitty thing to happen and just in a nothing situation as well. Sort of no one near him, no one touched him. It's just a funny twist and just look like it sadly it looks like it's an ACL injury. It's probably going to rule him out for nine months. Um, the club will look, I know there's talk of him and Hoylet getting new contracts under Harris. Obviously I'd imagine under a new manager that go a bit quieter. Um, but yeah, you could see the worry on it, not just the worry of the injury, but I think he sort on of knew himself. What, yeah. Yeah. Just shit. That's the worst. It couldn't be a worse time for him to get that injury, to be honest. The quote I've seen about um, from the, the press conference so far is that I'm not a doctor, but he's not in good shape. Um, so I think we can only hope that um, it's, it's not as bad as first feared. And I, you know, I think you, you talk about Hoylet and Bennett. I would, I would give Bennett a new contract ahead of Hoylet if, if, if push came to shove. I think, I think Bennett's still got mileage in him. I think he's, he's been a great servant for us. And I think he, him and Baggin as a duo at left, at left back could be a brilliant duo going into next season. I think it's really been... strong. I think it's a great option in the Premier League. I think he's been brilliant. That I think he's been brilliant the last few weeks as well. He has. You know, he's been going forward because I think when he was signed, I think with Trollope, wasn't it? He was kind of signed in that role of like getting a bit further forward yeah. and stuff, playing in that kind of five of the back. And he's really thrived in the last few weeks. Like I think he set up Bakuna's first one today as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did with the yeah, ball he put through. The cross in. And I think he's gone under the radar a bit recently about how dependable he's been and how integral he's been to us going forward. So. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an ideal chance for Bargain to kind of take that shirt for himself now because he played well when he came on. But yeah, it's a real pity because Bennett has been superb in the last few weeks. He has been. Um, looking, looking ahead to Friday, obviously we've got another game coming up on Friday with, um, I think we're home at Huddersf- against Huddersfield. Um, annoying that we're playing on Friday. Um, it would have been nice to have an extra day off. Um, obviously, Ben, we saw tonight... Um, Johnny Williams came on, made his debut. Colwell came on. Um, we saw, was it Ojo, Wilson, Rolls were on the bench, rested. Um, we've got people like Brown and Tomlin to come back. Do you see more changes being made for Friday? Yeah, I think there'll be a bit more rotations. I think given the shift he put in today, um, even though he scored two goals, I can't see Bakuna dying because he looked bollocks at the end. You can see the sort of, there was one time Bagan sort of played the ball down into the sort of left, left wing channel. And you could see Bakuna sort of give him a look of, it's 80 minutes in. Have you not seen what I've been doing for the last 80 minutes? <laughs> Cheers for that. Um, yeah, I think you look at Wilson will definitely come back in. Wouldn't be surprised to see Murphy come back in. I think the rest for those two lads will do them wonders. Um, 
it was seeing Johnny Williams come on was lovely, wasn't it? It was lovely. Um, that really made me happy. Tom, Johnny Williams could be a key a key difference maker in the last part of the season, right? Because he's got that energy, he's got that guile that gets into the right spots and he's something different, right? We don't have a, a player in that position who breaks the lines like he does. Well, you saw it when he came on today. He was only on for like 10 minutes and he, he was keen to get out of the defender, you know, his quick feet, trickery. He was, un, he was unlucky that a ricochet back off him for a goal yeah. kick, but he was instantly lucky to beat a man. And then like that latter stages of games, he could be key. And it's like you said, latter stages of the season as well. He's just so exciting to watch. I, it's not, he doesn't create, he doesn't score many himself, but he just creates space around him because he draws. He occupies two, people, doesn't he? he? Yeah, two or three people have to come in to hack him down half the time. It's not surprising he's had so many injuries because he's just, he's just so tricky with the ball at his feet. And yeah, I'm really excited to see him get a run of games towards the end of the season. It was, it was also interesting to see Colwell come on as well, right? I, I think Colwell's probably played slightly out of position, but clearly McCarthy trusts him and wants to give him give him game time. I mean, if we've got Wilson, if we've got Wilson, that's probably a starter, then you've got Williams, Tomlin, Colwell to back him up, Ben. I mean, we've talked about the kind of lack of squad depth in recent weeks, but all of a sudden things are looking, again, in more depth, right? We've all of a sudden got attacking options off the bench. Yeah, the bench doesn't look as threadbare as it did probably three weeks ago. Uh, it was really exciting to see all those youngsters and the academy players on the bench. But like we said, look, if we if it comes to it and we sort of need that moment of magic and we're relied on the youngster, we could get a bit worried. Suddenly you're looking at this first team players missing there. Joe Rawls is going to struggle to get break back into that team the way sort of the midfield's gone at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um Tomlin's going to struggle to make the bench, which if his Twitter game's anything like his football game's going to be like at the moment, bring him on. But um yeah, this it's um it's a it's a good, good op- sort of option to have. The only worry could be that left back position now suddenly we don't have much cover there, but Kieran Brown's played there before. Yeah. Even or is that where Hoylet sort of comes in as cover as well? If you play in the wing back position. There's Pension. options there. It's it's not as disastrous as it could be. But yeah, that bench is looking pretty tasty and I'm quite excited. We'll come to Tomlin's Twitter beef in a short while. Um Tom, we're we're back in sixth position after tonight's win. Huddersfield are down in nineteenth. Their their form is I mean it's They've lost one, lost, lost, drawn in their last five games. Um, we know they've got players who can harm us, people like Fraser Campbell. We know what they've done to teams like Swansea. Um, is Friday another must-win, or can we? Uh, is there? An, is, is every game now must-win? It's like an existential question, isn't it? Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? It's just the momentum, just keeping it going. I think teams, classic teams like Huddersfield, who are down there, you know. You, you you've got to beat them really to be in with a chance now. They like they've drawn with Birmingham tonight. They're not a they're not a great side at the moment, Huddersfield. And you know, well, this is it's a quick turnaround. They've got to travel down to Cardiff as well. You've got to, you've got to be beating them really if you if you want to be up, away. up and around there. Is there a way? Ah, oh, there are. Yeah, a way. Ben confused yeah. me earlier on. I did. I confused myself. I thought it was home for some reason. Well, um, we've got we've got to travel up there and beat them then. Yeah, my point still stands. Yorkshire's quite a nice place. That's true, but and I think we've got a rest of um, just over a week of me after that game as well. Yeah. So you know, more than a week. So we play Friday night, and then our next game is the thirteenth of March against Watford. Perfect. There we go. Yeah, I'd like to see us get at them and get three points. I think I would be disappointed with a draw in that game because there's still teams around us who are winning games. Barnsley got a couple of games in hand, and they they're playing some really good stuff at the moment as well. So I think you know, playing one day before the other players, uh, other teams as well. Put the pressure on them, put three points on the board. 
I think the Bournemouth situation with that could be really interesting. They're playing a suddenly resurgent Bristol City side who were absolutely shite, but still somehow managed to beat the Jacks 3-1 the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they sort of don't, if they came away with a point tomorrow and then we sort of play on Friday and get a win, suddenly there's a lot of pressure on them to sort of going into that Saturday game and going into the international break in the top six. It's not a bad place to be, is it, after... <laughs> the sort of start of the season how it's gone it's mental isn't it it still I'm, can't get over it I'm looking at the table now and to think that we're only you know a few, a few you know when we talked about the podcast about six weeks ago we were like we're 11 points off the playoffs it seems like too far out of reach we're 17 points off the top now and we're only 10 points off second place um, all of a sudden things are just tightening up the whole league's tight though if you look up and down the divisions Tom it's from from us down to to 17th so from 6th to 17th there's only 13 points in it it's it's ridiculous it's the championship isn't it but it, I, like, I like we said last week we've got to play those teams around us as well we've got to play the likes of Watford Brentford we've got the Jacks mm. coming up at some point as well so that's why the games against Huddersfield are key then you know you beat those oh no I don't know <laughs> it's mad <laughs> like, start dreaming you kind of, yeah you do don't you it's, it, it's madness really Oh, I just I can't believe I said plucky eight. Why was, was I so pessimistic? Are you, gonna, you can revise your predictions now if you want. Um, I think I went for what did I? What did you go for, Ben? I can't remember what I even went for. You went I seven. Think I, I think I said seven or eight. No, I said lower than that. I was. Oh yeah, you were in a bad mood. I think I you went. Good, I think I was, you went yeah, tenth, and I went like ninth. Tenth, and yeah, you plucky eight. I mean, I I think fifth or sixth is definitely in our sights now, isn't it? Mate, it's the way it's going. Look. I'm not going to get too carried somehow. away because, yeah, Mick McCarthy's <laughs> winning the World Cup. Um, but you go from sort of after Huddersfield, you've got Watford, Stoke, Swansea and Forest. And they're probably the four hardest games we've got for the rest of the season. Or Brentford as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if you can come out of those in the top six, then well, anything's possible. We're not going to be a million miles away from sort of third or dare I even say second. Oh, shut up, Ben. This is too positive. Yeah, positive. Too on, positive. <laughs> we do have a question about that in the Twitter questions. But before we get to that, um, I wrote I wrote this probably before we beat Derby 4-0. Um, and it came from a question from Twitter. Ian Ballinger asked, McCarthy being offered the job or not? Um, at, the, at the moment, there's probably two arguments, right, Tom? The, the two arguments are that the football's crap. As soon as we drop down the table, the tide will probably turn. It happened under Warnock, so it'll probably happen under Mick. But also, the football is so effective, and that's all that matters at the moment, right? It, it, do, you, do you see it changing under Mick? Do you see him getting the job full-time, or do you see this just rolling on until the end of the season? I don't think the football's crap, for one. Um, I, I think we're playing some this, really good To stuff. be fair, I, I will clarify that statement. Yeah, that this was is the argument. After Middlesbrough. And yeah, I know. Was, yeah, that was one poor performance, though, out of like, a run of 10 games. I think we're playing some good stuff in the right areas now, which we weren't doing under Harris. We were trying to force it. Where I, I, I'd give him the job. This is the problem now. It's like sat, there was rumors. Snap he was decision. Saying, snap decision. You give him the job. Yeah, because there, there was rumors that a Celtic was sniffing around from the other day, mm-hmm. and I, I was upset. And I was like, well, there we go. Then I clearly went to have the job. Because <laughs> Ben, snap decision. Would you give him the job? don't know. I honestly, I can't make a snap decision because I've gone on so long about the club need this long-term strategy. 
but then sort of I've spoken about it like before if the club have the long-term strategy in the background and sort of everything's working behind the scenes as it should the manager's going to change anyway is McCarthy mm. and McCarthy's doing well why not stick with it and sort of see how it goes um, but I think look if he gets his top six he has to have the job doesn't he you cannot sack him or say not renew the contract mm. I also think uh, Tom fell for his eight because there's no way Celtic were looking at him. That is McCarthy's agent dropping something in the press to sort yeah, of force Cardiff's it, hand. Yeah, but it but did it the job for me. you, didn't it? <laughs> hook, hook, line and sinker. That was one of the questions I wrote next was because, uh, Ben, you talk about the long-term plan and you talk about having a a, a plan that, that needs just a different manager each time. It, the plan doesn't change. But at this point, I guess it comes back to the stat decision, Tom. But at this point, would you prefer a manager like Mick or a manager who is trying to install an ethos or something like that? But the one thing I'd say, there's a difference between McCarthy and what we saw with Warnock as well, is that youth again, the chance at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, he's not on death's door. Like he can still install an ethos in a club. It doesn't have to be a 25-year-old who's retired early because of injury who needs to take over to build, build a club from scratch. It could be someone like Mick McCarthy. And I don't know, like... I. I'll happily. I was thinking about this. It's like under Warnock, it was class, wasn't it? We love short-term gains. We we win. We were winning games. We got to the Premier League under under Malky Mackay when we went up. We were just winning games one nil. I don't think we really care about playing attractive football. We look nostalgically back at like Dave Jones's reign, but wasn't we look successful back, though. Was we, it? Yeah, we look back at the what what it could have been. Like I I realize I don't care about it. I just want to win games and have fun along the way. And if people hate this because we're hard bastards and we're playing 27% football and winning, then so be it. That's just as enjoyable as playing a team off the park. Ben, you're nodding. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it all makes sense, doesn't it? You can say the Dave Jones era, like we said, it wasn't successful. But even before that, Lenny Lawrence was decent, but it wasn't at times sort of scintillating total football. Cardiff have never been a club that have been famous for sort of progressive sort of style. We've always been a hard work. We've been exactly what this McCarthy team is. It's get out to chances, get the ball forward as quick as possible and play football in the, in the final third. And that's exactly what McCarthy's doing. We had some plays today with Perry NG, who was fucking superb today, by the way, um, where there was a couple of balls. The one ball for Bakun, was it Bakun or Ojo? I can't remember. That's, I think it was Ojo. Played the ball into him and just, the touch let him down a bit but this pass is going in that sort of this isn't this isn't hoof ball this isn't really direct it's just quick attack in football it's not yeah. sort it's of route one it's quickly. yeah there's a big difference in that there was times where we were knocking around the box um so, sort of in the second half where if we'd scored that that'd have been sort of that'd have been puskas nominated it's just ridiculous so like, mccarthy but, staying then yeah he, I, score, he, he was, has to he has to doesn't he we're scoring goals. Like we're beating teams. Two four, four nil games in three, three two four nils in three games, isn't it? Like we scored in every game under him, haven't we? As yeah. well. Like yeah. we're the second high, we're the second highest scorers in the league. Only Norwich have scored more than us. And when you consider the start only of the Brentford season we had sorry, only Brentford, sorry. And when you consider how dire it was at the start of the season, how poor we've been at times, it's ridiculous. Like it's seriously impressive. And yeah. Morrison's the second highest goal scorer with five. So it's not just like it's all Keith has got a fair share of them, but they're being spread out amongst the team as but, well. But we've but we've always done that, right? We've always spread goals out amongst the team. If you look at the season we went up, um Zahor got 10, Hoyler got 10, Patson got 10, but then no one else seemed to score. 
um, or they, they don't seem to score more than four or five. It's it's important that we have a goal scorer like Kiefer Moore, who's on 16 goals for the season now. But if you've got people like Morrison, Murphy, Wilson's got five, Ojo's got five, there are four or five players backing him up. That's 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 the difference this season, isn't it? We have a striker who's going to score 16, 20 goals. Yeah, that's the exciting thing, isn't it? Because even under Mackay when we went up, I think it was Helgeson on 10. Helgeson had the had, most, yeah. Hudson on six was second. Yeah. Something like that. And then yeah. Campbell came in, didn't he, towards the end and scored a couple, uh, like quite he a few. Sort of, he got about seven or eight. Around there games. as well, wasn't yeah. it? But like, we've got a goal scorer now. We've been crying out for this for years. And, yeah. and we're starting to click now with the system as well. I, it's just, it's, it's really exciting watching us at the moment. Like, ah, I, it's just fun, isn't it? I just think I just it think it's fun. right. You know, we, we talked about it when he came in. People people wanted that system, but I think a lot of people don't. Like you say, people don't want a system. They think they want a system, but all they want is successful football and pushing up the table. That's all people want. Is it a system or is it a plan from the club? Um, I even sort of like for me, it's not a case of like I'm not asked how the football is. It's just a, it's yeah. just a, a way the clubs run from top to bottom, sort of an ethos. Like you said, the big thing McCarthy's doing is these youngsters getting so a chance. We're not just yeah. There's clear pathways, there's a clear identity of the squad, and it feels a bit more like Cardiff than it has done in the past. Well, there was there was that interview, wasn't there, with Steve Morrison um, this week, and it, I, I do think there's more of a focus on youth at the moment. So maybe that maybe it's the whole thing is that it doesn't have to be explicit, right? We don't need the club to come out and go, "We now have a system. This is it." It, it, it it's it's more just. We now have a youth team manager who clearly knows how to get the best out of the youth team. And we now have a system in place where we've seen Colwell get in game time. Baggins now going to become probably our left, you know, first choice left back for the rest of the season. All of a sudden, we have a clear pathway between youth system to the first team. And yeah, the football might be different between the youth team and the first team. But if they're getting there and they're playing in a successful team, then that's all that football's about, right? We're creating a, a way for youth players to get to the first team and be successful. And that's what they should be about. We don't need the club to tell us that. We should be able to see that now. Yeah. They both I nodded. Agree. They both nodded. <laughs> they both nodded. Um, I was going to ask Did a question agree? about transfers, but we'll come to that in the Twitter questions. We have a lot of Twitter questions to get through. Um, the, the first one is from Alan Grimes. Booman. Fucking Booman. Is his profile picture the best you've ever seen? Um, I'm going to say yes, because I don't think you guys have seen it. It's Mick McCarthy putting his middle finger up while he was on a Zoom conference while he was doing his glasses. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I haven't um, seen that yeah, class. It's good, isn't it? Uh, ben, I'll come to you on this one. CCFC Insider asks, what are your first impressions of Max Waters and does he deserve more of a chance? Uh, no, I think Waters is a long-term project. I don't think he was bought in to score 15 goals between now between January and the end of the season. He's mm-hmm. a long-term project that the club sort of sees something in. It's going to take time. He's jumped up a lot of leagues in a very short space of time and he's still incredibly young. He's going to take time to bury in. So I can't say whether he's good or whether he's bad. He seemed all right from what I've seen, but there's clearly a lot of learning for him, him to do. It'll take time. And Now, what's his... No, no. I don't know. It's just what, what was your first impression of him? I just thought you might be able to do an impression of him. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Well, he scored two in a week, didn't he? He scored two against yep. Charlton in the um That was a hell of a did you watch that? That was a hell of a game. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but what it was four one at half time and then we got it back to four all, then lost five four. Yeah, come on, send off. Five four, yeah. But they were, they were down to ten men when it got to four all. It was it was a really good game. You got you got two goals though, and they, they were they were good strikers' goals. Um, Tom uh, Daniel Morgan asks, "How does Tomlin fit into our current squad? As in, what position and who would miss out? Can see him, can't see him being more of an impact sub now." 
We can't fit in many places at the moment, by the looks of him. Never mind the last squad. That someone put a picture of him in the group in the one of the Bluebirds chat things, and he's piled on the pounds again, isn't he? Yeah. Why haven't we all during lockdown? He can't behave himself when he's injured. But I don't know. I'm not sure if he does fit in at the moment because if we're playing with this intensity, you know, this running football, perhaps he'll have a role on the pitch with 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go. But I can't see him starting games for a good few months at the moment. Well, the, the if system he can get into shape. Go on, Sorry, if he can get into the shape he did at the start of last season again, like it, it will take a bit of going from where he is. But he's been out. He hasn't been able to run for a while. I think that's part yeah, of it. He's clearly enough. not got the best sort of. As a larger lad myself, he, he hasn't got the best metabolism. Um, it's, it, it'll come off, and then like, you could see last year when under Harris he put a shift in. That was sort of what surprised yeah. most of us was it wasn't just him sort of appearing and just doing a bit of wonder. There was defensive work going in there as well towards the end, especially I think the Fulham game stands out quite yeah. vividly for that. So well, there's, gonna, there's a role gonna, there. I was going to say, I, I, with his dynamism, does someone, you know, with the way we're playing at the moment, sorry, does someone like Johnny Williams fit in more because he's more dynamic, more energetic? He runs around a bit more. But you're right, Tom, in the end of last season, was putting his shifts in. He was getting around the pitch. Um, ben, I was going to ask you this one, but I don't think you'll be able to know the answer. Do you know anyone who can clone a six foot five centre forward? Well, they did that sheep a while back, didn't they? Dolly, Dolly the sheep, yeah. So maybe, maybe the next COVID vaccine. Maybe yeah, test tube, test, test tube, key for more. Test you, Kiefer Moore. Right, this is an open question to the floor. Uh, Richard Endicott asks, with 13 games left, including games versus Watford, Reading, Swansea, Brentford and Forest, how many points do you think we'll end up on? Um, if you want to do a quick, bit of quick maths, we're on 53 at the moment. Uh, 12 games left, uh, you know, beyond tonight. I reckon we'll end up on around 70 points. That's my, that's my guess. Yeah, I'd say 74. 475 around that mid 70s I think I think that's what it's going to be for top I think that's what's going to be for top six Tom what did we get last year got around 74 75 I think so I'll go 77 then I'll go 77 yeah 77 I can't see I can't see us losing for the rest of the season last season we got 73 73 yeah 77 and the base the base qualification um, your UCAS points to get in the top six was 70. What was what was second? That was 83. 80, 83, but yeah, they 70, were... 77. I'm going well, I mean, look, if, if, if you look at the top at the moment, you've got Norwich on 70 and Brentford on 63. I think it's going to be 83 to 90 is going to be the top two, right? Yeah, and I can't be bothered to add anything up, so I'm just going to pluck a number and stick with it. Nice. Richard Endicott, you made us do maths. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first on this one. Matthew Myers has asked, you've been offered a fight in Gary Medine's fight club, which past or present <laughs> City player are you taking on? Well, who would be the easiest to fight then? Well, uh, this, is the, this is the thing. This is or, what do I I, or do I win a challenge? Do you, if you want a proper slobber knocker of a fight, you can take someone who you think could fuck you up or you can take the easy route and try and fight someone who you think you would beat. Is there weight divisions and stuff? No weight divisions at the moment. That's a consideration for the next event. Well, I'm not going to take on someone small because it's just setting me up for embarrassment. So I think I've got to make it competitive. I'm not backing myself against anyone. Um, I'll come just... to you next, Ben. You'll get an answer. I've got my answer already. Oh, right, go him then. Then I can have a think. <laughs> ben, who are you going for? I'm leaning into Scott Malone. <laughs> I'm, I'm wind. I am windmilling Scott Malone for fucking days. 
All right, you've got Scott Malone. I think I would fight. I'll give you a bit more time, Tom. I think I would fight Harriata. Oh, that's a scrap. You're like well, he think Harriata thinks he's scrappy, but I would batter him. I'll go Cameron Jerome. Because right. I just don't like his attitude towards the club after he left. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been mentioned recently about re-signing. I was like, you can swivel, mate. All right. Like, he used this as a stepping stone, and I'm not happy about it. It's Cameron Jerome, we've got Scott Malone and Harry Arter. That's a great bill. I reckon if we can try that's, and that's a that's a WrestleMania, yeah, WrestleMania. six-man tag I've ever seen. <laughs> I get a regret. Yeah, that'd be good fun. Um, I can't remember who I asked first in that one. I asked you, Tom, but I'll come to you again because you struggled with your answer. Um, Stuart Holt, how do we manage to rest Kiefer? Bearing in mind he'll also play multiple games for Wales in a few weeks. He clearly needs a break at some point. How and when? And then someone asked, someone basically said, how do we stop him playing for Wales? As a, a Wales fan as you know we're all Wales fans obviously but you you love the international football probably slightly more than me and Ben do uh no offense Ben it's just I know that Tom loves it um <laughs> what's your opinion club v country at this stage are uh, so tough like I wanted him to come off about 15 minutes earlier today not just for country because for, for club reasons as well I think and for his own health and for his own health he just looked mentally knackered didn't he but like we've said before, he, he sometimes looks like he's more knackered than he is, I think. But it's just, it, it, it's a constant worry, isn't it? That when he's playing well, you just, without we're going to overwork him. Because we were mm-hmm. so reliant on him earlier in the season. And when we went completely off the boil when he wasn't around the squad. Because like I said earlier on, he's so important for us, both attacking and defensively when it comes to the likes of set pieces. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think we need to take him off earlier if we've got leads like that today. Yeah, um, I'd be tempted not to play him Friday, but then we've got a week over a week off. But I think we've got enough. But he doesn't, does he? No, he doesn't have a week off. That's the issue. Well, we, no, he, he does. does have, no, he does have, he does a, week have a week off. off. It's, not, it's not international break. It's just we've got a. We were a few weeks early. International breaks end of the month. Yeah, ah, bollocks! I thought it was this. No, so okay. we've got. A, so we've got a cut. Yeah, I, I'd be tempted not to play him Friday, but we've we've got to be very careful if we've got opportunities to take him off. Well, Mick, we Mick, Mick McCarthy has already said that the, the, the starters at the moment aren't training, right? They're, they're literally playing the games and they're going through recovery. So that's interesting. We, we have this, this if, if he plays on Friday night, then he has seven days essentially to recover. He might get some training in there, but there, there could be the actual chance for him to actually recover during that time because we're not going three games for three, three games in a week kind of situation at the moment. Uh, it's tough though, isn't it? Because you want him to do well for Wales as well because we're all Wales fans here, but he does need a break yeah I think it's just he's so re- we're so reliant on him for club and country it's such yeah. a, a weird situation for someone who hadn't had a cap like a year and a half ago um, but I think this is where it's a pity that, that Glatzel was let go wasn't it really to go out on loan because a game like Friday you'd star him oh, yeah. run in a bit of quality um, I don't know he'd be crying out for him to step in into his shoes Um but yes, it's just such a tough one because just so split on it. Uh, the next question is about striker, uh, Ben. Sean Collins has asked, we're apparently linked with Rhodes. What's your view on signing him? My opinion is that he's past it and not what we need. He's not a good target man, more of a poacher, not as effective as more. He's not young and hasn't scored many recently. It just seems a waste of time and money. He doesn't seem to want to sign him, Ben, but what about you? <laughs> I would agree with everything Sean said there. I think spot on. What's the is, point? Is he, he's is he, is he's he not even worth it on a free. free. No, oh, yeah. no, he's on big, big wages. 
And he hasn't scored 10 goals in what, five years? Yeah, I think 2015 was his last season where he got about 20 goals. I'd rather play Mark Harris. You've got Waters there as well. Colwell looks like he's being sort of groomed as... I was about to say, he looks like he's been groomed by McCarthy, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't crew. Um... <laughs> right, moving swiftly on. Um, we're going to go to the Leandro Bacuna fan club uh, benefactor, Tom. Uh, Perry NG, have we ever had a more dynamic right back? I loved Kev, but he never got up and down as much as Perry, question mark. Someone mentioned Mark Delaney in the comments. I can't remember who mentioned Mark Delaney in the comments, but Perry NG is just a breath of fresh air, isn't he? Yeah, he's just, he's so keen to go forward all the time. He's just everywhere. Like if Morrison or like Volks or someone's got the ball, they know they can put it in an area and Perry NG would be running after it. He just does so much for us defensively and attacking wise. And like we've really lacked attacking kind of fullbacks for a while now. And it's, I think even Ash on the comm said if he has a kid anytime soon, he'll call him Perry, which, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, he's just he's been class since he's come in. It's, when we signed Perry NG and Max Waters, I wasn't sure if it was kind of like a couple of panic signings, really. But it looks like we've done our homework on Perry NG. Like he's been, there's a reason why he's so young and was club captain at mm-hmm. our crew. They clearly saw him as a talent. Well, he's just he's just a leader, doesn't he? Like he's he's the kind of player, as you say, who. He gets up and down. He chases the ball. He does all that kind of stuff. But he leaves purely by example. He's like, disciplined he as well, isn't he? He's disciplined. Like, he, does, he's he, he knows nails. when to go forward. He's hard as nails, but he knows when to... Like, there, there are a few times tonight where he's putting in the challenges. There was one against Middlesbrough where he dived into a slide tackle. He knows when to, to show his, his hard as nails credentials. But he also knows when not to push forward. But he knows also when to chase the ball. He's just got a great footballing acumen. Yeah, I think... He's one of the, he's one of many players who've benefited from knowing the system in the last like few games. Like it's just everyone seems to know what they're doing now, and he's benefiting from that as well. He knows he's got the range to like go up the, up and down the line as much as he wants. And it feels at mm-hmm. the moment that no matter who we put out on that field, people are going to know what their role is. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm sure Colwell coming on today, he was slightly out of position, but he knew what his role was. He knew what he was meant to be doing, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the difference at the moment as well. But yeah, Perry NG is class, mate. <laughs> so good. It's, he, he he only had six months in League One as well. I think that's the sort of bit that sort of blows my mind with him. Like Crew only got promoted last season. Yeah. And he was playing League Two football, but he's gone he's... from there, stepped up to League One, and got a move to a championship club and looks like he's played Always in the championship his whole career. His ceiling is so high. Like, if if I'm sure if I I don't want this to happen, but I'm sure if we don't go up, there's probably a few Premier League clubs who are looking around and going, he yeah. could be an option. Like, how you, we paid what 250 grand for him. I saw someone tweet, uh, whoever tweeted it, I can't remember their name, but he said something along the lines of the Cardiff City recruitment team needs to go to jail for crimes against football for for stealing him for less than a million quid, basically, because he's that good. That's he 350 good. grand. Nuts, nuts, money. Absolutely nuts money. And talking about money, Ben, CCFC Related says, if we do go up and Mick stays on for another year, should we throw a checkbook at him to reinforce the team? How many of our current players are PL quality and what position should we aim to strengthen in the summer? Oh, Christ, that's a big, big question. Go um, on, mate, mate. Keep, keep it going. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a case of throwing the checkbook at him. Um, I don't think this club does well when we've got money to spend. We tend to do better when we're picking up the freebies and sort of on a more restricted budget. Um, obviously, you need a bit of depth in fullback. We've got Perry there, but right back's still an issue. 
left back could also be an issue. Um, are the three centre backs strong enough to sort of cope with the Premier League? Should we go up? There could be questions there, but in that system, not, they might be all right. Phillips. Centre midfield, I think, probably is my main area of concern. I love the players in there right now, but I think you need someone dirty, like someone like Gary Medell, if he did actually as he should have for Cardiff. Um, so that sort of mould, just a bit of a bastard to break up play, would be more of a. Do you think of, Will Fox could do that? I don't think it's his game. I think he just likes, he's more of a disruptor more than a pure shithouse. He's, he doesn't really break up the play. He sort of just runs about and sort of gets about the game a lot. Um, it's Yeah, I think when we tried him doing that, it didn't work. That's sort of part of why it went wrong for him earlier in the it's, season. I'll, I'll narrow down the question. If you had to make, you know, you, you have, say, one definitive, you know, your one crucial signing this summer, what position would they go in, Ben? Uh... It's going to be striker next. We're so short. They've said it. You said it. Who are you signing? Come on, give me your, your list of five. Um, how much is Haaland going for from Dortmund? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's not that expensive, actually. I've heard you can no, get him for a cool 100 million. Yeah, I think. What do you get from Premier League promotion these days? I think of, um, it's about 100 it's about million, about, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got that. You've got 100 million to spend on him. You've got 30 million for the rest of the squad, haven't you? You reckon football's Tom, fucking easy, boys. <laughs> Tom, after after what happened with Cornelius, do you think that Tan would sanction a move for another young Scandinavian striker? I, I think you'd have to put across a good case, but I think Haaland <laughs> is a slightly different Same. level. Just yeah. saying, Vincent Tan never forgets. He's like an elephant. <laughs> just send, just sending him the YouTube highlights and Tan responds, oh, Christ, not this again. It happened with Cornelius. Not this again. It happened before. <laughs> Um, Simon Hiscox more of a statement less of a question whisper it quietly but my overwhelming despair of a few weeks ago has been transformed into overwhelming confidence that we could go up I mean all of us included will be fascinated to see the reaction when inevitably the first result goes against us um, Tom AE asks how long of a contract does Big Mick get whatever he wants alright good <laughs> um, I think his name was Andy but his Twitter name was just and um Ben, we've kind of actually we kind of talked about this. What with what looks like a season ender for Bennett, do we have enough cover in that position? We've kind of covered it off, but you think Brown's going to be the cover in that position for Baggin? I think Brown or Hoylet will probably go in there and sort of do a job. I think Baggin's going to be like we to be honest under under Harris, we said I wanted Baggin to get 20, 30 games this season. Mm. It looks like he's going to get he's going to get at least twelve. He's not going to get thirty. He's going to get thirteen. He's played a couple of. I mean, that that well, I went flat, didn't it? Cheers, boys. Fucking hell. I thought it was just true that there was 13 games left. But then I was just, it's just that look of despair there. It was like, oh shit. Uh, it's always, a, always, a, always <laughs> a look of despair. Always a look of despair. And the last two, Connor Griffiths is more of a, a rallying cry. I cannot lie, I was against Mick being appointed and the same with Harris. Although once appointed, I will always get behind him and give him a chance. Been a breath of fresh air since Mick McCarthy came in. I thought the way forward was the change in style, but found to be falling out of love in Cardiff as all the fight in Cardiff seemed to have gone. Now we're back to our old tricks and being more streetwise and aggressive. And I'm enjoying watching the Bluebirds again. Announced Premier League. And the last question um, was from Tony Moore. Um, and I think we can't go this podcast without discussing it. Lee Tomlin versus Anis Abraham. Can we get fans in the ground to watch it? Um, for any of you who are listening out there who don't really know what's happened, um, 
Our mercurial number 10, Lee Tomlin, got himself into what we can only describe as a Twitter spat with everyone's favourite message board proprietor, um, where I believe the message board proprietor uh, put across the idea that Lee Tomlin had essentially phoned in sick this week and wasn't doing enough for the club. Um, Tom, do you hate or love to see it when players get involved in Twitter spats like that? I wouldn't say I love it. I'm fascinated by it, of what's going through their head. I think Tomlin's one of those characters. He's done it before, and he doesn't like people. If he feels there's unjust injustice there, he will argue back. Yeah, but and but yeah, I'm fascinated by these sort of roles. Just just leave it alone as a player. You just don't need to engage in these petty squabbles. Uh, ben, no. do you agree? No, no, I'm all for it. More <laughs> of it, if anything. Shock, shock. Especially with dickheads like Anis, I am all for him being made an absolute mug of by a player. This is a bloke that sort of spent his whole last 10 years trying to find his web fame and sort of his notoriety on making a bullshit or push or hearing stuff that he shouldn't have been pushing it. I still, look, I still not got over the fact that he leaked um, Steve McPhail's diagnosis of cancer, that the yeah. bloke's a prick. Yeah, um, um, and to see him being made an absolute mug of is superb. I'll, I'll leave the but final... Not only that, he <laughs> blocked Tomlin afterwards. That's what I, I really enjoyed say, is I'll, I'll Tomlin leave... rinsed him and then fucking Anis, the famous hooligan, uh, then hit the block button. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave the, the last the last words where well, you've got the last words there, but I'll leave the last words to Lee Tomlin. Um, he, he screenshotted Anis Abraham's uh, blocked... Uh, screen and said, "Don't know why you blocked me. Wasn't even following you," which is <laughs> quite a nice approach from Lee Tomlin. There. Um, thanks for all your questions. Um, like always, we get we we tend to ask the questions just before the podcast. If there's anything you think we should be discussing, find us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash vft ninian, and you can also find the view from the Ninian Hall of Fame on Twitter. Look at that segue. It's like we've been doing this what all season. Smooth, smooth. Today's was a shortened view from the Ninian Hall of Fame because. We've got all out of sync with our podcast. But Ben, you have the results from the vote today? I do. It was a short but exciting one. We were like in the penis. sort of the what we Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the WhatsApp sort of screenshotting every two minutes saying, Look how close this is, look how close this is. And then the man of the people got hold of the AA's social media oh, accounts sake. and used them all to sort of fraudulently win. Um, to be honest, he won convincingly in the end. Uh, the FA Cup quarterfinal win against Borough with 46%. Uh, it appears that me and you, Ben, uh, drew uh, the Nathaniel Mendes Lang brace, finished on 27%, and Jay Bothroyd's wonder strike against QPR also finished on 27%. So I'm going to takes... pull rank here um, because we both got 27%, um, which is obviously the, the, the most precious number in Cardiff City history. We actually won. Well, combined, we got more than him. So if you want yeah, to do so that, we won. We won. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, so. then. Tom, you just can't keep winning. That's it. Like we always said this at the start of the season. The unwritten rule was Tom can't keep winning. <laughs> but that, that was a pretty even spread, I thought, that week. We all went relatively big. And it started off, we were all on 33% at one point. And I thought, oh, this is going to yeah. be fun. It was, but, it was close, to be honest. It was probably the closest for the season. Literally, your tweet, it was his tweet that sent it. Oh, actually, I'm just looking on the because obviously you get the the um, totals. Uh, you finished on twenty six point seven percent. I finished on twenty six point seven percent. Yeah, you beat me. Yeah. Fucking hell! I might as well give up. I, think, I haven't I think won in like, weeks. I think it's like two votes in it. To be fair. 
Yeah, about two votes against me. It's the people are speaking. They just don't like me. I don't think it's that. I think it's literally the power of Tom's Twitter because he was sort of last place. He was the one sort of further behind until he put that retweet out. He quote tweeted his option and then got no the likes. numbers went sky high. <laughs> but mate, you got the vote. It doesn't need the likes. He got the votes. Yeah, true. The power of marketing. Um, as usual, this vote will be going live. When will it be going live, Ben? What day? It's Tuesday. So it'll go live on Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday, head over to the View from Lillian Twitter to take part in this on Thursday. We'll give our nominations now. Tom, man of the people, I don't know, you're on about 10 wins for the season now. You can go first. I've gone a bit weird this week, mainly because I forgot to pick one. And then it just popped into my head because I saw it on my phone earlier in the week. Uh, (laughs) My uh, possible entry into the Hall of Fame is Snoop Dogg wearing a Cardiff shirt. So... (laughs) (laughs) This this is just because I was watching some random TV show, like probably like eight years ago, but like Dynamo or something like that. And then they went to Snoop Dogg and he was just stood there in a Cardiff shirt and it just absolutely blew my mind. It turns out that he wears the shirt of whatever place he's performing his gigs, but I didn't know that at the time. And it ended up being my wallpaper on my phone for a long, long time. And it came up on my phone this week, and it still makes me laugh to this day, just seeing Snoop Dogg stood there with Malaysia just emblazoned across his midriff with the old badge as well. It's a thing of beauty, so I'm going Snoop Dogg with a Cardiff shirt this week. Suckered in by marketing. (laughs) So? Pathetic. Um, I'm going to go next um, because mine was fresh off the press tonight. Uh, It was Bakuna getting a double tonight. Um, I think for a player who's much maligned, who's been played out of position and often very much a square peg in a round hole, it was delightful to see him playing at the you know the top end of the pitch tonight and getting a couple of goals. And both goals were, were pretty good. The first one was a, an instinctive finish. The second one was a lovely strike into the bottom corner. Um, I think he was a player who came in and was, you know, most people were disappointed when he signed because he wasn't, I don't know, Lionel Messi or something like that. But um I'm just delighted to see him actually uh, affecting the game at the right end of the pitch and, and getting some credit that he 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 massively deserves. So um, I'm going to go for Lu- Leandro Bakuna getting two goals tonight into the Hall of Fame. So over to you, Ben. Round it off, please. I'm going back to uh, May of, what year was it? 2017? Um, the final day of the season. It you, was better get the date, you better get the date right on your own entry. Yeah, May of 2017. <laughs> uh Cardiff Huddersfield just secured third place in the championship and we went to the John Smith Stadium. Um, it was notable for Peter Wigner's last ever game in a Cardiff City shirt, uh, but also notable for a 3-0 win where Joe Bennett scored two great goals. Obviously, he got injured today. This was my choice before he um, actually got injured. But I might pick up a couple of sympathy votes. Who knows? Um yeah, and Bennett's got a cracking little brace. There was one really good instinctive finish was sort of like a half volley and the other was a free kick that I remember watching on the stream and saying there's no way he's going to score this because it was just far too close and he smashed it in the top bins. So Joe Bennett on the last day of the season in a 3-0 win that also saw Ricky Lambert's last ever game in professional football. Are you reading these? <laughs> I just I found, this, I found the team on there. I completely switched uh, off. Man. <laughs> <laughs> if you want an idea of how grim this world in goal was Brian Murphy the sub goalkeeper was Ben Amos oh subs God. not used that day were Amos Halford and Noon Mark no Harris actually Mark Harris actually came on that day did he? 
Yeah, that was. I think that was his debut. And then uh, Zahor got served for Lambert. Rest in Christ. Peace. Yeah. So Peltier, Connolly, Morrison, Richards, <laughs> Rals, Gunnison, <laughs> Bennett, Pilkington, Hoylet, and Zahor. That's a good team. It's a good side. Ben, you kind of lost faith in your own entry there. <laughs> yeah, the more I'm reading, the more I'm thinking it's a bad choice. But well, the, you've watch, done the, it now. Watch, committed watch, to watch take... the, the goal, the goals. Watch the goals on YouTube. They're good goals. I'll put committed a tweet out take... when the vote comes out. I'll put oh, the you goals. Can do a video for your own tweet. Oh, of course you are. I want Snoop Dogg tagged in mine, please. I'll tag Snoop. <laughs> who did I say? But I want Bakuna tagged in mine. Um, I literally already forgot who I voted for Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> So that's it for another week on View from the Ninian. On Twitch. Um, on tw- ben, you froze then, and all I heard was on Twitch. Try <laughs> and get Bakuna to plug it on Twitch. He could plug it on his Twitch, yeah. He's doing a lot of streaming at the moment. Um, I don't, I'm not plugging his channel. Um, that's another podcast from the View from the Ninian team this week. I've never called us a View from the Ninian team before. Um, it's getting quite late. It's 20 to 11. Um, if you like what you do, head over to our Twitter page, VFT Ninian on Twitter. You can interact with us there. If you like what we do even more than just following us on Twitter, you can go to Kofi ko fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian and give us some money. We do this for free. Um, ben needs some new shoes. So if you can give us some money, that'd be really nice. Um, we like money, don't we, Ben? frozen again unbelievable <laughs> he's completely frozen at the end of this podcast what's wrong with your internet tonight ben i didn't even mute you then but it felt like i did i don't know <laughs> i was more confused about what i needed new shoes for Hello, just felt like the right thing to say no gone. um yeah gone we'll have to edit this um tom um what are you gonna do for the rest of your evening um i might re- rewatch the highlights uh listen to the pod back you know, big fan of the pod, as much as I'm involved in it. I think it's, I think it's some really good stuff. stuff. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, man. Glad someone does. Ben, how about you? Get, fix your internet. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's just the problem is my internet keeps on cutting out, so I can't stream the bloody thing. <laughs> good. Great. Um, anyway, thanks for listening once again, and we'll be back on the weekend with our next pod. Cheerio. Right. Nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage, and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced Fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking. So how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie.